Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to our show number 934. If you're listening to the live version of our show, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in our Talking Birds audience. And we have Mother's Day gift suggestions from maybe an unexpected source. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's National Ocean Service. Here's their Mother's Day gift list. Flowers, bubbles, a house plant, a home-cooked meal, a handmade card, homemade baked goods. Not on their list. Balloons. And we'll kind of piggyback onto that by saying no thanks, especially to outdoor helium-filled balloons, many of which are released into the air accidentally or on purpose, only to return inevitably uh, to Earth as toxic plastic trash, with many of them ending up in our oceans, often killing birds and fish and whales and turtles while adding to the plastic pollution epidemic as millions of tons of plastics enter our oceans every year. So we humbly follow NOAA's Ocean Service lead and respectfully suggest that we all honor Mom as well as Mother Earth and uh, say to the balloon gift idea, thanks, but no thanks. We have a couple of avian audio postcards, as we generally do these days, this time from Kelly and Mike and 10-month-old Emily out in Ohio and from Kimberly in New Zealand. If you listen carefully, you'll hear Emily make a couple of comments in her audio postcard. And if you listen carefully, you'll be able to hear Kimberly speaking over some really loud birds there in New Zealand. Here's Kelly. Good morning, Ray. This is Mike, Kelly, and Emily out at a metro park outside of Columbus, Ohio. We're doing some birding this morning, trying to catch some migrants coming through. Uh, We've spotted our first yellow warbler of the season. It's a beautiful day. Thanks. Good morning. It's Kimberly here. I'm on Territory Matangi Island Scientific Reserve and Bird Research and Conservation Station in New Zealand. In the background, you can hear the dawn chorus. We have the loudest birds are the bellbirds, followed by the stitch birds, and the tui, and some whitehead. Take a listen. Thank you, Kimberly, and thank you, uh, Kelly and Mike and Emily. 
Get your phone and send us an audio postcard. Easy to do. Just get a little smartphone recording of birds you're observing. Send it to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. The file, that is, Ray at TalkingBirds.com. Your audio postcard. That is our mystery bird. little quick preview here of our mystery bird contest. Some clues include this. It's a small, slender songbird with long, pointed, dark wings a small bill and a slightly notched tail. It has a white throat, chest, and belly with a shiny blue-green head and back. Our bird feeds mostly on insects, chasing prey acrobatically in the air, sometimes joining up in large numbers to converge on an insect swarm. That's our mystery bird, and we'll add more clues if necessary when we do the actual contest just a bit later on in the show, just getting you ready for it right now. Prizes include from Brome Bird Care, a Brome Squirrel Buster feeder. It really is squirrel-proof, thanks to its weight-adjustable closing mechanism, which precludes those squirrel visits. And it features proven seed saver technology, a patented seed tube ventilation system, and a chew-proof seed tray. And we also have a big bag of delicious Smithsonian certified shade-grown bird-friendly birds and beans coffee, our favorite coffee. Smithsonian certified, by the way, means the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center endorses this coffee as genuinely shade-grown, so preserving habitat for birds in the tropics, birds and beans coffee. A small, slender songbird with long, pointed, dark wings. The contest coming along uh, just a little bit later in our show today. We're happy to be able to salute more Talking Birds ambassadors, listeners who are helping us to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Thank you to Laura Kluge from Blossburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much, Laura. And thanks to Carolina Alvarado from Houston, Texas. She says, I hope I'm your 800th plus ambassador. Thanks for all you do. She was actually ambassador number 798 uh, when she signed up. So she certainly helped us get to that 800 mark, which we uh, did at the end of March. Thank you, Carolina. And here's another of our Talking Birds ambassadors explaining why he thinks being an ambassador is a pretty good idea. My name is Dr. Joseph Blanda, and I'm calling from Akron, Ohio. I like being a Talking Birds ambassador because birding is such a healthy activity. You should become a Talking Birds ambassador because it's a great network of people, and it'll broaden your horizons on things that you can do in enjoying birds. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Thank you, Dr. Joe. Well, still to come on our show today. We'll talk about spiders and snakes and birds with our special guest, naturalist and nature photographer Joseph Saunders. Also today, we'll have a Let's Ask Mike segment, almost live from the archive, about why folks keep buying those plastic owls. And up next, a featured feathered friend whose sweet song belies its negative nomenclature is presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding.
Some people are surprised or disappointed to learn that the first name of the morning warbler is spelled, like the morning dove, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. But not to worry, our bird is not really sad, as far as we can determine. It gets the name because of the male's gray hood, thought to resemble a morning veil. Male morning warblers have a black patch on the throat and breast. Both males and females have olive green upper parts, yellow underparts, and pink legs. As Wayne Peterson and Roger Burroughs point out in their book, Birds of New England, some birders remember this species' name by thinking that it's mourning the loss of its eye ring, a good field mark. Or maybe it mourns because it sometimes sports a broken eye ring. And as possible further evidence that this bird really isn't in mourning, consider this bright song. Morning warblers nest in thickets and shrubs across the northeastern U.S. and much of Canada after spending the winter in the tropics. The scientific name of this bird, Geothlipus philadelphia, presents another little irony since it's not very common in the area of that city, although the edge of a marsh near Philadelphia happens to be where the morning warbler was first discovered, officially, And considering this species' funereal common name, it's not surprising that a group of these birds is known as a wake of morning warblers. Overcoming its solemn name and singing a cheerful song, it's today's featured feathered friend, Geothlipus philadelphia, the morning warbler. And welcome again to our show, number 934. Well, Joseph Saunders is a spider lover and herper out in the great state of Oklahoma. Herpers appreciate and seek out reptiles and amphibians, and he's a nature and macro photographer. He describes himself as a reluctant birder, and we'll find out more about that as we welcome him to Talking Birds. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Oh, there there he is. I thought, sure, we hadn't plugged you in there, but uh, there you are. So lots of folks, uh, Joseph, are scared of or maybe put off by some reptiles and most spiders. But would it be fair to say that, well, you find them interesting and beautiful? Absolutely. Um, Since the age of probably five or six, I've always had a fascination with reptiles. Uh, I think uh, it particularly comes from... At least part of it comes from the reality that uh, I use a wheelchair and I have, I've used a brand new wheelchair uh, since, not since birth, but uh, I've needed one since birth and used it since I was about five or six. So snakes have always kind of been a bit of an inspiration because unlike most animals that are quadrupedal or have six or eight legs, uh, they move with none and they live life. So I've drawn a lot of inspiration from them and it has led me down this road of appreciating a lot of animals that most people don't. That's really a, that's a fascinating insight. Well, since our show is mostly about birds, I have to ask you about this quote uh, from your Instagram page. I still consider myself a reluctant birder, but I'm getting more comfortable and more gratification in this pastime as of late. Downy woodpeckers are quite the animated and active little birds, a lot of charm in a small package, not unlike jumping spiders. I love that comparison. So you've told me about the 
difficulty of finding snakes and spiders sometimes, especially depending on the season. So I wonder if it's fair to say that birds have kind of filled a gap for you when snakes are scarce, for example. And and I wonder if you'd say something, too, about the gratification you mentioned there from birding. I really started birding uh, in winter, and I needed something to kind of fill that time uh, when you're looking for, you know, cold-blooded creatures like reptiles, amphibians, and invertebrates, uh, they, they go away after fall, and you don't see them again until spring. Um, so that's what really kind of like started, and that's why I, said I, was, I was reluctant because it wasn't uh, a very direct interest in birds. It was something I needed to go outdoors during the cold months. Um, I've become a much more enthusiastic birder since mm-hmm. uh, since the time of that quote. I think it's been a couple of years since, <laughs> since I and, uh, you know, like with downy woodpeckers and jumping spiders, jumping spiders are really kind of, they, they serve as a gateway uh, for a lot of people to kind of get over or to get interested in spiders because they're very fluffy and they have they have large interior median, median eyes. The eyes are up front. So that makes them very kind of human-like almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it makes them a little more relatable because you, you look at a small thing and then it's staring back at you with its own two large eyes that that's familiar to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people who are reluctant towards spiders still find them to be rather cute. <laughs> rather cute, yeah. yeah. What about turtles? I didn't think to ask you about that before. We talked about snakes and amphibians. What about What about turtles? You know, funnily enough, uh, since I've started birding, I've been seeing a lot more turtles because you don't get very close to them because they're always sunning on a, you know, a creek bank or a river bank somewhere. And binoculars really come in handy to uh, to observe, identify turtles from a distance. Oh, interesting, too. Uh, tell us a bit about your macro photography skills. Speaking of distances and close distances, uh, certainly have to come in handy. That skill has to come in handy when you're photographing spiders. Yeah, it's definitely the exact opposite. Rather than a telephoto lens, uh, macro is basically making things that are small and blowing them up to where they are life-size. Um, I've been shooting macro photography since about 2014, and uh, it was it, it was the, the go-between before birds became the go-between, in a sense. Um, Herping is pretty labor intensive. You you can be herping for quite a bit and may not actually find a whole lot mm-hmm. throughout the day. Uh, invertebrates are everywhere. Uh, if you just take the time to look, they're in your gardens, they're in your backyard, they're in the local urban parts. Uh, and they afforded me uh, an opportunity to practice a lot of photography, mm-hmm. uh, get better at it. And it also opened up the door to this tiny micro-sized world that a lot of people overlook in their day-to-day walks. Mm -hmm. Well, you've had great success uh, despite a couple of big obstacles that you've had to face. You described yourself as being mobility challenged and using a wheelchair, but you're also a black birder. So there's another uh, group of challenges involved. Tell us about how you've sort of overcome those. Um, It's not so much as overcome uh, because it is something that is ongoing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, just yesterday I went birding and I went, uh, I drove out to a place called, it was a 10 acre park in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Uh, I had looked on eBird and there were several sightings of some warblers that I hadn't seen yet. And I took the time to drive out there. And by the time I made it out there, I realized that it wasn't accessible. There was a small bit of sidewalk uh, and 
His sidewalk led to a very steep bridge, the wooden bridge. The bridge itself had a big hole in it, um, so steep that I couldn't even push up it. And the the hole itself, even if I could have, uh, presented a, a hazard that wasn't worth it. Uh, to make matters even worse, on the other side of the bridge was just as steep, and then it just went down into grass and a lot of other hilly areas. So uh, it looked like wonderful habitat. I mean, it must be for the sightings that I've seen there. Um, but all that time ultimately wasted. And so I birded a little bit of what I could see and hear, uh, and uh, I went home. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to jump in and give a little shout-out to our Freya McGregor. Uh, she has a wonderful new enterprise called Access Birding, and she's doing some great work uh, to work with uh, mobility and other challenges, access birding is what it's called. Well, Joseph, you've had a lot of involvement, I think, with Black Birders Week, which is coming back again soon, if I'm not mistaken. For folks who don't know about Black Birders Week, I wonder if you could just quickly tell us a bit about it and what it means to you. So I was a co-organizer of the inaugural Black Birders Week in 2020. Uh, it will be coming back this year on the 28th of May and will run to the 3rd of June, Saturday, uh, June 3rd. Um, what it means to me is that it has helped us uh, locate and build community around this idea. A lot of us don't realize, uh, a lot of us hadn't realized how many of us there really are. Um, and it was, it was honestly, it was Realized through these efforts, through these social media campaigns, that is not the case. There are more of us. We are a little bit spread out still, uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully that will change through you know more of. All right, we're having a little difficulty getting the signal there all of a sudden, but we've uh, we've got the we've got the gist of it. I, I, I think there, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph Saunders, naturalist and photographer, spider lover, herper, and gradually less reluctant bird lover. Follow him uh, and connect with his wonderful work on Instagram at Reels on Wheels. That's R-E-E-L-S, Reels on Wheels. Joseph, thanks for being with us. We'll be following your beautiful work. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Okay. Joseph Saunders here on Talking Birds. Up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. All right, Mystery Bird Contest time. We have some wonderful prizes, and we are determined to give them away regardless of whether we get a correct answer or not because the drawing will determine our winner. 
So give us a call and tell us what you think this bird is or what it might be at this number, 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. As always, the urging to call us as soon as you can to be on our contest so we'll have time for it. Our mystery bird is a small, slender songbird with long, pointed, dark wings, a small bill, and a slightly notched tail. It has a white throat, chest, and belly, and a shiny blue-green head and back. Our bird feeds mostly on insects, chasing prey acrobatically in the air and sometimes joining up in big numbers to converge on an insect swarm. It breeds over almost all of the continental U.S. and Canada and winters in the southeast and Gulf states and southern California and down into Central America. That's our bird. What do you think it is? 781-837-4900. As always, some beautiful prizes, including that Brome Squirrel Buster feeder from our friends at Brome Bird Care. It is a truly squirrel-proof feeder. Plus, a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, delicious Smithsonian-certified, shade-grown, bird-friendly, birds and beans coffee. Give us a call as soon as you can and tell us what it is or what you think. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor, almost live from the archive in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor, you'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. A back porch, a plastic owl, and a bag of peanuts. Or a plate of peanuts. Boy, sounds like the perfect late spring activity, and that's what Mike O'Connor is engaged in down there at the Birdwatcher's General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. It's all in the name of science, Ray. It's all in the name of science. Sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So we get these, and I think everybody listening has heard this before. When you've got a creature you don't want, you don't want birds in your garden or squirrels in your attic or in your shed, put up a plastic owl. I don't know who started this rumor, but it won't. (laughs) die and so we have plastic owls because i don't know what people are going to do with them maybe you know halloween (laughs) decoration or a seance but folks (laughs) they want to put them up they want them to keep the you know the birds out of their garden or Mm -hmm. now i'll say well i said you can buy it but it's not going to work and they they get mad at me you know they get they like i've taken the wind out of their sails and and i said you know it's like Mm -hmm. my fault that this what i say isn't going to work doesn't work so I decided, okay, you know what? I'll test it and to see if I'm wrong. Hmm. So last week, it was a lousy day, and I wasn't going to go on birding. So I went on my back deck on the railing. I put a little a dish of, of peanuts, 
Mm-hmm. And the plastic owl, the head moves. I got these bright, scary yellow eyes, and I put the owl right next to the to the dish. And I walked inside. And I'm not kidding. I turned around to see if I had done it right, and there was a gray squirrel eating <laughs> out of the dish of peanuts. Mm. Bam! I don't think it was eight seconds. That's <laughs> not even a record, probably. No, <laughs> that's right. That's not, not even <laughs> close to a record for a squirrel. So <laughs> later in the day. I finally had to take the dish in because I couldn't test on any other creatures because the squirrel, was, I had to wait for the squirrel to get filled before it would work. So finally the <laughs> squirrel gets filled left, and I put it out, and out comes a raccoon. Raccoons this time of year are a little active during the day because they have babies, and they have to forage a little bit more, and this raccoon came along. And it proves, it showed me something that I didn't realize about these plastic owls, is that they're plastic, so they look scary, and the birds don't really smell that well, but the raccoon approached it cautiously, and then leaned forward with its nose, sniffed it, and then just went about eating. It, you know, it doesn't smell, you know, it looks like an owl, but it smells like Tupperware. It's not scary. (laughs) So they immediately went, and then the chipmunks went by. So zero, zero effect on mammals. (laughs) The birds, on the other hand, was a little different. The grackles landed, of course. And they, they landed, and some were nervous. Some grabbed a few peanuts. They were a little bit nervous. And I had a herring gull land, because I got a weird backyard. Herring gull landed, and he stood back, took a couple of peanuts, but it was extremely nervous. So most of the birds, the jays were nervous, and they didn't come. So when the, when the owl was right on top of the dish, the birds were nervous. So what I did was I slid the owl back about three feet, hmm. and it had zero effect. The gull came back, the jays came in, the chickadees came in, and as soon as I moved it just a few feet away, it was enough distance so they were totally comfortable with this scary owl. So, in other words, it's not going to keep the squirrels out of your attic, a plastic owl, and if you have a garden that's one foot square, it might keep the birds away, but if you have a three-foot square garden, you have no chance. All right. Well, since that doesn't seem to work as great as it might, well, you know, what, what alternatives do you offer to your customers, or is that too big a topic there? Well, what I, well, I just address it towards um, feeders. You know, scroll-proof feeders are pretty common now, and they're very effective. Mm-hmm. They're really good. And if you get the right one, we have good luck with the, uh, the brome feeder. That keeps it up. I'm, I'm not in charge of people's gardens. <laughs> you <know>? Really? <laughs> <laughs> they do call, have a product called Scare Tape, which is the shiny stuff. I use mm-hmm. it to keep the woodpeckers off the house, and mm-hmm. it's very effective. It's this holographic, shiny, crazy, shiny tape, and I have uh, customers who use this to keep uh, birds off their berry bushes, so you might want to explore that. And I got good news, right? Last year, we put up an osprey pole behind uh, the Bird Watchers General Store, and there's a pair of ospreys building a nest in it as we speak. All right. Nice going. Nice work. Right. Tell your friends down who want to see ospreys. All right. Mike O'Connor there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store in Cape Cod. Mike, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Well, not a surprise. We're a little bit uh, short on time, but I believe we have time to go to Joanne in West Virginia. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Ray. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? You sound terrific. Good. Good. 
Good, good. <laughs> All right. Let's make it even better if you can uh, correctly identify our mystery bird uh, and you say uh, it is what? I think it's a tree swallow. I think it's a tree swallow. We agree on that for sure. Okay, we got through that pretty quickly. I think maybe we could do a bonus question here. I think we have time. Want to try it? Sure. Okay. A program that started in the U.K. and that's becoming popular in the U.S. aims to encourage folks to let flowers bloom in their lawns to help early season pollinators. What is the name of this campaign? Is it A, dandelions are dandy, B, grass is crass, C, no mow may, or D, don't rescue your fescue? You'd be one of those there. Yeah. They're all sounds yes, kind it's of no mo may. No mo may is right. I think you knew that rather than guessing it. So yeah, yeah. All designed to uh, create better habitat for pollinators, so they can find nutritious food sources. As I think you uh, you knew. So Joanne, thank you so much, and stay on the line. Jesse will get your info. Thank you. You're welcome. That's it for our show today. Next week, we'll pay a visit to the Science Corner with our own Debbie Bleacher. Thanks for listening. Happy Mother's Day again if you're listening live, and see you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Videobooks.com